0: And I'll invite everyone else to find Mark chapter 4 in your Bibles. Mark chapter 4. I'd really like for you to follow along in your Bibles. If you don't have one, you probably have the Bible app on your phone and you definitely have a pew Bible in front of you. It's good if you can see the words as I preach. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 20 through 25. As you're finding Mark chapter 4, verse 20, I want you to picture in your mind two fields. Okay, just fields like you pass on the roads around here, two different fields, um, both having been planted with the same seeds, the exact same seeds. One of those fields had been plowed and rocks removed and weeds and little uh, trees Plucked up and removed and had been tended and prepared, and then the seeds had been planted and then it was irrigated properly. And from that field grew all this fruit, all this tremendous harvest grew from that field. So picture a really fruitful field. The other field had the same seed planted there, but it had not been tilled or prepared in any way. Uh, lots of rocks and, and stones everywhere, and weeds had grown up all through it. Lots of little trees and briars and brush. Same seed planted in that field. No irrigation. No crop. No fruit. Uh, maybe a few little seedlings would poke through, but as soon as there was a hot day, it scorched it away. So you have a barren field, a fruitful field. Both received the same seeds. Okay, with that image in your mind, we're going to read this passage, and it follows on the heels of what we read last week. And we're going to read this passage about two different ways of hearing. There's a way of hearing that makes you like the fruitful field, where you have an abundant spiritual harvest. You have um, plants growing up in your lives like wisdom and joy and enlightenment and freedom and purity and life, spiritual life. There's a way of hearing God's word that leads to this. And then there's another way of hearing God's word that leads to spiritual barrenness. No change of heart, no growth in wisdom, no deepening of joy or peace. The same word falls on two different people and has these two different results. And Jesus is going to teach us how to be this person, how to hear for harvest. So let's read together. Mark chapter 4, verses 20 through 25. Jesus says, But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said to them, For for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now let's pray together and along with me, ask God to help you to hear just this morning in a fruitful way. To just hear this text in a way that will bear fruit in your life. Let's ask him that together. Would you bow with me? Father, we have ears, but please give us ears to really hear this morning. Please help us to hear your word, grab hold of your word, examine it, truly accept it. May it become tangible to us. May we hear it in such a way that there is a harvest of spiritual fruit. And please help me to serve your people well toward this end. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is actually a pretty complicated passage. Uh, it took me a while to figure out what in the world he is talking about because it's just, it's a jarring couple of phrases that he puts together and they don't seem to fit. But I think they do fit together and I think I have figured out what he's getting at. And it's a very helpful truth for us. So there's lots that could be said from this passage about how to hear God's word, But I just want to give you two things. Okay? Those two things are acceptance and attention. Okay? I think Jesus is saying that these two things greatly increase your likelihood of bearing spiritual fruit from hearing God's word. Acceptance and attention. So we're going to look at those two. We're going to look at acceptance first. And I get that from verses 20 through 22. Jesus says, But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. So in verse 20, you see he's telling you what good soil people are like when they hear God's word. Okay, they're, they're um, well, I'll just read it again. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the words and accept it. Now that word accept means to welcome, like I told you last week. But that still isn't exactly clear, and Jesus knows that, so he gives an illustration next. To help us understand what he means by accepting the word that's when he gets into that weird bit about the lamp so picture a lamp you went to Ollie's and bought a lamp for 50 cents and you bring the lamp to your house where would you put the lamp okay would you put it in your pantry closet with a bread basket on top of it no obviously not would you take the shade off of it and roll it underneath your bed and plug it in and and turn it on. No, obviously not. You would find a table. You would put it on a nightstand or an end table so that it's prominent and so that the light can shine into the room. What he's saying is this is what the word is to us. The Bible does call the word a lamp into our feet. So to accept the word is the way you accept that lamp into your house is to bring it into your mind and your heart and your life and to place it in a prominent spot so that it can shine into your mind and your heart and your life. The word is meant to be made manifest. That means to be made clear, to make, to be um, to be made tangible, to be made real. It's meant to sit in a prominent place in your life so that it can actually see and affect the things in your life. I'll give you an example from this week. I have, kind of like Rhonda was talking about, I have a way that I go about reading through the Bible. I don't do it in a year because I'm not fast enough for that. It actually takes me about three years to make it all the way through the Bible. Um, but right now, one of my readings is in the book of Jeremiah. And that's an Old Testament prophet. And I was reading Jeremiah chapter 3 this week. And what struck me from that passage, God was talking to his people and he was really angry with them. Because they had been idolatrous and just doing terrible things. But there was one phrase toward the end of the chapter where he made it clear that the thing he was most angry about wasn't all their sin. But it was the fact that when they did turn back to him, they didn't turn back with whole hearts. But they turned back with pretense is the word that it used. So he just was so upset that when they turned back, they were pretending to turn back. They were doing it just so it would look as though they were turning back. But much of their heart still loved their idols. So that truth I gained from God's word, I heard that. Now I had a choice after that. I could close my Bible and go on about my day. And forget it. And that would have been like putting the lamp under the bed or in the pantry. Or I could, using my journal here, same one I use for my preaching notes. And this is what I did do. Write down that truth and spend the morning praying through, what about my heart? Am I wholeheartedly turning toward the Lord? Is there any evidence of pretense in my relationship with God? Am I pretending in any way Am I pretending with the way I am privately with God? Am I pretending to turn toward God when I'm with Meredith and the kids when we pray together at the dinner table? Is that wholehearted and real or is that pretense? Am I pretending when I get up here on Sunday morning and pray with you guys and preach? Is this really me with the whole heart or is there any pretense? That is accepting the word. It's not that you accept it in a gullible way without thinking about it. It's that you truly do think about it. So I'll give you another example, and it's happening right now. So right now, you're hearing God's word. No matter how clumsily I may be preaching it, or how boring I may become by the end of it, you are hearing God's word. It's happening right this second. What will you do with what you're hearing? When you leave here, will you go and eat lunch, and and before your order hits the table, have forgotten it all? Or... Will it become a prominent part of that lunch conversation? Will it still remain in your mind and in your heart? Will you keep it and accept it and allow it to do its work in your life? Because the people who grow fruitful are the ones who accept God's word like you accept a lamp into your home. And place it in a prominent spot where it can shine into all the rest of your life. So he gives us acceptance. And the second piece he gives us is attention. We'll pick it up at verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. You hear Jesus say this a lot, and you'll hear us pray a lot on Sunday mornings. Please give us ears to hear. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That's another kind of confusing bit of scripture, I know. But the first part is very clear. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That means just what it sounds like it means. Hear what you're hearing. Don't just let God's word go through the mechanical process of entering your ears and whatever happens in there with your eardrums and I don't know the science of all that, but don't just let your brain receive the audio signals of it, hear it, like really hear it. Those of you with kids have seen this happen where you're talking to your child and you can tell by the glazed over eyes that though they are receiving the waves, the audio waves, they aren't hearing it. And if you say, are you hearing me? They might even be able to repeat back to you. Yes, I heard you said, do this, this, and this, stop doing that, that, and that. But they haven't done that, that, and that. And they haven't stopped doing that, that, and that. So even if they heard it, they didn't hear it. So much of the hearing that we do as Christians isn't really hearing at all. So hear what you're hearing. This is God talking to you. Not just me saying things. Just out there like a flock of doves released into the air. It's God talking to us. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And then he kind of repeats his point, And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. The Greek word for pay attention is the same word that you would see translated look or see. It's actually one of the few Greek words I remember from all my work in Greek. It's blepo. He's saying first, hear what you're hearing. And then he's saying, see what you're hearing. You can hear in such a way that you grab it and you keep it. And in your mind's eye, you can examine it and you can see it whether it's a concept or a command or a truth whatever it might be hear what you're hearing see what you're hearing we tend to be so passive when we come to God's word whether we're reading in our quiet time or listening to a sermon on the on our car ride or here or in Sunday school we tend to be so passive and it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on preachers and teachers to be awesome because if you're not awesome Nobody's going to hear or see what they're hearing. So that's why you'll see churches do crazy stuff. I read in a book about a church that what they did every Sunday morning was they wrestled. The church staff hired professional wrestlers to train them, and they built a ring up here where this would be, and they wrestled. And then when they got done wrestling, people came to see these people. You would come to see me and, like, Matt Larkin and Ron Thomas (laughs) wrestle. People would come, and then they would get their—they would finally have their attention because of the ridiculous wrestling match, and then they would try to slip in some God's word. Because we were so passive about it, if it's not wrapped up in a package of extreme awesomeness, we're not interested in. And that's why I've been. Uh, someone close to me went to a church once where the guy preacher brought in a car. I don't know where he got the car, and beat it—beat it to death with a sledgehammer. And the message you're trying to get across, sometimes life beats you up. Well, couldn't have just said it? Well, no, because people don't have ears to hear often. So Jesus is saying, hear what you're hearing. See what you're seeing. This is God's word to you. This isn't a passive affair where I'm doing all the work up here and you guys are in recliners. We're in this together. And as much as I need to let this scripture have its effect on my life, so do you. Now, I know it's hard. I, I know that it's hard. It's hard to sit in these pews and listen to a sermon. I know that. And I'm reminded of it anytime that I go to a wedding or a funeral that I'm not preaching. I remember, man, it is hard to maintain attention on a monologue in a, in a kind of sleepy atmosphere. Especially after just eating a bunch of sugar and sugar crash. I know that it's not easy. And often I'm glad that I get to preach because I know that it takes effort to really hear what you're hearing and see what you're hearing. But it's serious. And that's what this next bit means. It's confusing what he says next. I want to read it again and explain it to you as I understand it. So he says in verse 24, pay attention to what you hear. And then your translation probably has a colon because this is, pay attention to what you hear, basically because what I'm about to say is true. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now what in the world is he talking about? So the train of thought is all about how you hear God's word. I believe what he's saying is the more you hear God's word and accept it and pay attention to it, the greater your capacity becomes to hear and accept and pay attention to God's word in the future. The more you hear God's word and ignore it or stick it under the bed or in the pantry and forget it, the less your capacity is in the future to truly hear God's word. It's like exercise. So if if we all go out and get... Uh, bulk discount Doolin's Grove Church gym membership tomorrow. Okay, and we all go. It's a big church outing. We all go and work out. So we work out with weights, we'll say. Okay, the benefit of that workout is that we might, you know, build a little bit of muscle. But there's also the added benefit that now we're a little bit stronger for the next workout. So then we can maybe lift a little bit more. I know it doesn't happen that fast, but you get, you know what I mean. And then if you do that, the benefit isn't just those two workouts. It's the momentum and the increased capability of working out even harder the next time. Now, in contrast to that, some of us go to that gym together. We've got the bulk discount. Might as well go. You go, but you don't really feel like working out. So you get a folding chair, and you get your bag of Cheetos, and you sit, and you eat, and you watch everybody else work out. Okay. Not only did you lose the benefit you could have gotten from that workout... But your capacity to work out next time has decreased. And then that next time, if you again don't do it, your capacity has further decreased. You get weaker and weaker and weaker and more and more shriveled. Whereas those who are doing it get stronger and stronger and stronger and more able to do it. That's the same way this works with God's word. We're either growing in our capacity for it or we're shrinking in our capacity for it. Now that's an awesome truth. Now it means if you will start applying yourself to hearing God's word, like let's just say this is the first time you have really decided I'm going to hear what I'm hearing. I'm going to see what I'm hearing. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to pay attention to it. Let's just say that this is the first morning you've ever done that. Now you might be spiritually sore from it. It might feel unnatural. But not only will you gain the benefit of this truth being assimilated into your life, But now you're more able next week to actually accept it and pay attention to it. And it builds and it grows. Now, otherwise, if you're here this morning and you say, well, Matt was off this morning. He's even more boring than last week. I didn't even know what he was talking about. Let's go to Bojangles. And you go, forgotten anything that you might have gotten, forgotten. Okay? Not only did you lose the benefit you could have gotten from the word now, but you shrink in your capacity to get it next week okay now this is really good or really really bad but either way what's happening here is serious business you are being changed right now either for the better or for the worse god's word has its effect it always accomplishes its purposes it's either softening us or hardening us it's either producing spiritual fruit or spiritual barrenness and the difference lies in how we hear it So I have a challenge for us in closing. Like I said, I know that it's not easy to hear God's word. It's not easy to sit down and have a quiet time, especially, especially if you've never really done it before. Just like it wouldn't be easy to go to the gym for the first time. But I want to encourage you to take a specific step forward here especially those among us who maybe are a little bit weaker spiritually. We haven't been doing our reps of reading and hearing God's word. I want to challenge you to come to church every Sunday from now to the end of the year without missing a Sunday. And if you have to miss because you're out of town, go to a church near you or listen to the podcast sermon uh, Sunday afternoon. Dawn very faithfully posts the audio of my sermon on our podcast every Sunday. So that's the first part of the challenge. Part one, be at church here or if you're out of town somewhere else or listen to the podcast every Sunday. Okay, Have something to write on and something to write with. I know that's not natural for everybody like it is for me, but this is what I'm challenging you to do. Listen to the sermon and anything that you do get, write down. You may not understand everything, it may not all be interesting or pertinent, but some things will grab you. Anything that grabs you, write down. It might be a truth about God, or Jesus, or reality, or it might be a command that needs to be obeyed, or it might be a warning that needs to be heeded, or it might be a promise that needs to be hoped in. Whatever it might be, write it down, okay? Okay? So you've been at church, you've got a record of it. So even if you forget from hearing it, you can see it. And then every morning through the week, look at it and pray for God to help you to accept that into your life. Okay? I'm not talking about hours in the morning off in a meadow with a bird on your shoulder meditating on it. Just put it by your mirror where you're brushing your teeth or put it by your coffee where you're going to have your morning coffee and just remind yourself every morning just of that same truth. I'm not even asking that you get into the word and get new truths. Just ask the Lord to help you to accept that one. Okay? I promise you, you will see fruit. I promise you. So that's, your, that's my pastoral challenge for you. This may be the second time I've ever Giving you a direct challenge. Now, some of you, you might be in the word often and you don't need to do that because you already are accepting and paying attention to God's word in your life. And you're already seeing all this fruit grow. And you just keep doing what you're doing. And I just want to encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. Or maybe you've had a system that works for you and fruitfulness, but you've gotten busy and distracted from it with craziness of life. I just encourage you to get back to it so that you can experience this fruit in your life. Okay, we can do this. I don't want anybody to grow harder and more barren because of my preaching. <laughs> what? A, that would be terrible. Please hear it. Please see it. Please accept it. Please pay attention to it. Now, I want to close with Psalm One, one of my very favorite passages of Scripture, and then we'll pray and we'll we'll have a song of response. Psalm One says. Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. I thank you for your Word, the Bible. I thank you that there is always hope for us so long as we can hear your Word, that we can hear your Word and see it and accept it and pay attention to it. Lord, help us not walk out of here failing to heed this Word that you gave us this morning. Help us to accept it and pay attention to it. In Jesus' name, amen.